Wake up, John Doe, you're the hope of the world. What's the part that comes before the silence? Is it... And then it goes silent and then he's like... People in every direction. No. I, I, you want me to sing the whole lyrics before no, no, that? No, no, no. Just what is the beat before the, the, the drop in the lyric, in the, in the beat? You know what I mean? Because it drops. 
it, it's there's something oh, when that all happened. the little ants go marching. Okay. Red and black antenna waving. Mm-hmm. They're they're all doing the same thing. Is that when he says people in every direction? I can't remember now. Okay. I can't remember. I I didn't know he said something. I thought it was like a beat that that just stops and then he goes people in every direction. You know what I was thinking about the other day. You remember the uh, day? He wakes up in the morning. That's the beginning. I know what the beginning sounds like. Does his teeth bite to eat and he's rolling. People in every direction. No, that's not it. That's not it, yeah. The other day I was thinking about, uh, you remember the Dave Matthews Chicago poop incident? No. You remember that? No. I showed you that uh, article about that. Uh, I guess back in like 2000, like, I think I want to say like 11 or 12, maybe like earlier. Uh, I guess they were touring Chicago. Yeah. And they were on a tour bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, for some reason, whoever was uh, in charge of the tour bus decided to empty out the con- contaminants, containments. I guess like the, the shitter. Yeah, yeah. He went, he emptied out the uh, the toilet reservoir of the tour bus uh, into like one of the rivers. But they were like on a bridge. People are never direction. So like he just took like a, like a fucking... <laughs> Like a like a tube and just put it like over top of the bridge and just like emptied it out. But the problem was there was a, a like tourist a tour boat, boat, yeah, that was <laughs> going underneath it at the same time. So as he was emptying it out, all these people got Dave Matthews Band shit all over him. Well, you know what they say: if a bird shits on you, it's good luck. Yeah. If Dave Matthews Band shits on you. Yeah. I mean, you're blessed. You better go play the tickets. <laughs> play the numbers. I was thinking about, like, they were, like, in Chicago, and they were practicing, right? And then they got to that part where it's, like, it goes silent before they say people. <laughs> but that's, what like, when the beat dropped was when the uh, the poop got dropped on the people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I made that inference a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you've already said that i'm trying to figure out like where it comes in in the song i was like halfway through it my best friend and i had this bit actually she had this bit where she used to call me like every uh april fool's day to tell me that dave matthews died oh really i was like a really big fan for a a point in time big fan but pretty big i I liked him a lot i do i like some of his music still did you have any posters no no posters i don't think i ever had any posters honestly at all no did you like get to choose your uh, the color of your of whatever room you were in? Like, was it wallpaper or like paint? Oh no, actually, no. You know what? I didn't. I did not. Never? I grew up <laughs> never because I uh, I had precious moments wallpaper in my room oh, that's in my creepy. bedroom. <laughs> that's creepy. And pink carpet. They and watch then, you when you sleep. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> tons of precious moments surrounding me. <laughs> Um, I guess we should start the podcast. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Actual Comedy Presents, an actual podcast. I'm Angel Ace. And I'm Aaron. And uh, we have a great show uh, ahead for you guys. Uh, I figured we go with uh, a running theme for this show. Okay. Uh, I feel like all of these stories that we're going to cover today have like a, a running theme. And that's uh, sticking to the bit. Um. Okay. Which, you know, we're, we're into stand-up comedy, so sticking to the bit, you know, is kind of important to it. Oh, that was the fucking thing that we forgot to write down. 
What? The uh, Hasin Manavez guy. Oh, Minaj? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got in trouble for uh, lying about uh, anthrax being thrown on his Lying in his jokes. Yeah. What, what, what did you think about that whole, th- like, backlash? And then he came out and, like, had to defend his lies? Well, if, when I first just heard the backstory that this guy was getting, like, shit for not telling the truth in a joke in a stand-up special, mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? None of the stand-up specials I've ever heard were full of truth. Yeah. So, it was like, what? But then I heard the joke, and I was like, oh, yeah, he should be canceled for that. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't like there was a a premise with a story that had a punchline that made sense. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, hey, I'm Muslim, and people think that we carry around... Uh, it just seemed like, like specifically intended to like incite some type of like victim re- reaction. It was a, definitely a victim reaction. Yeah. It was like, you know, akin to... Uh, you know, using your parents' uh, accent as your whole shtick. Oh, God, yeah. You know what I worst. mean? Yeah. How many fucking open micers that we had to sit through that did that? Every, all of them. <laughs> Anybody that has, like, parents that are from, like, somewhere that weren't born in America and they have yeah. any kind of accent. Yeah, Asian. Whole, that's your whole Hispanic, stand-up routine. Hispanic, fucking uh, Caribbean, Caribbean island. Yeah, all of it. Uh, Africa, uh, where else? Russia, uh... Goddamn. Ireland. Yeah. England. Well, I don't know. Maybe not England. Yeah. But yeah, it's like that's a shtick that's. I, I just was like, why did he even get a special? It <laughs> was my yeah. question. Well, apparently, I'm like, apparently he's really not big. even funny. He, uh, he has a lot of fans. I don't know why, but people like him. Yeah. So does the Christian church. Yeah. And Catholic. They got church. lots of specials, though. They got lots of specials. Yeah, yeah. That fuck, the pastor's got to come up with a new hour every week. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Out of one book? Yeah, but he's just like, it's an hour of like, uh, what's that called? Like rehashed material. Yeah, you're just remixing it. Yeah, That's what I'm not... saying. It's one book. Like, how many hours can you get out of one book? Mm. Yeah, maybe that was Hasin Minaj's uh, mindset. He's like, all the jokes have been done already. You have to lie about anthrax. But that's, like, such a low-hanging <laughs> fruit of a joke. Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah, I'm like, uh. Mm. Yeah. And now it's not even funny because half the people that are, like, alive now weren't even around for 9-11. So it's like, they don't even know what anthrax is. Yeah, yeah, like, it's true. It's such an old, such a dated joke. It's like, oh, but hope the Unabomber doesn't get me, <laughs> you know? And people probably would know more who he was because of, uh, like, the fucking documentaries. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he. Do you think it came out worse that he like apologized? Do you think it's like worse? It oh, it's it always worse when you apologize. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. I forget exactly what he said, but he was like, you know, yeah, we do this. Yeah, you know, it's my job to make up stories to entertain people. <laughs> I take, I take, uh, what is it, artistic license or whatever the fuck. Oh God, yeah. I mean, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with bad premises with no punchline yeah yeah well and for that he should have apologized (laughs) (laughs) well we'll see what happens i mean i don't think like anybody's dropped him from like any like endorsements or anything so i don't know wait do you think this is worse or than steve ran saying that he survived 9-11 i don't know uh probably well 
maybe because Steve Renazizi wasn't in, trying to incite any like racial shit from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but was he saying it in a special, or was he saying it like as? I think like a- he was saying it like as as if he was there just to like get like sympathy. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Was it part? It wasn't part of his his material. It was like uh, no, something I think, he would say in conversation. Yeah, I think he was just going around telling people like I survived nine eleven. I think that's worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, is it though? Because he wasn't saying like I survived nine eleven. Those damn, you know, whatever you call it, crashed those planes into the building. He was just like I survived it. This other guy was like, you know, somebody threw anthrax at me because I'm a certain way. You know what I mean? I feel like they're on the same level. Yeah, I guess so. Same level. Steve Ryan is easy in a way was worse because it was like a total lie and not even part of a joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Hasin said that there was no powder ever thrown on his baby either. So that's a total lie. I mean... Uh, yeah, but like, what was even the joke? There wasn't there a, joke. Was a joke. There was yeah, no we, joke there. It I was just that video, like hate like, crime. Yeah, I watched that video like three times trying to like get it, and I, I didn't get it. <laughs> there was nothing there. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 why he should be canceled. Yeah, um, he did not stick to the bit though. No, uh, he didn't stick to the bit. But speaking of, uh, the reason I wanted to use that as like the overarching theme, uh, let's talk about. Uh, two people that really stuck to the bit their whole career. Uh, well, one no. guy, one guy kind of floundered back and forth. Uh, but, but like when he was in a part, he was in it. Like, yeah, he wasn't, yeah. He was definitely uh, like flip flopping, but yeah. So well, let's talk about uh, somebody that's like a, I guess a big inspiration for. It should be a big inspiration for most of the people that are trying to do comedy these days. Uh, Andy Kaufman. Uh, we saw this documentary about him. Uh, what, like a week ago, probably? Yeah, it was. I think we watched it like right after we recorded last week. Yeah, I, I showed it to you because um, you started doing stand-up comedy again, and I don't want to give like the bit away, but you're kind of working on a bit where you compare uh, professional wrestling to like other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that a good example of that was like the whole Andy Kaufman thing, and I wanted to show you like in depth like what it was about and shit like that. Yeah, I appreciated that because to be honest with you, I never watched uh, any of that. Like, I never saw... Like, I, I knew who Andy Kaufman was. I knew yeah. that he did something with wrestling, but I didn't know, like, the ins and outs of it and that, you know... So, we should... All right, so basically what happened was he was, like, a big Hollywood star at the time. Yeah. Uh, in what, like, the 70s? Was it, was it the, the 70s? 70s or 80s. Damn. Um, And he liked professional wrestling a lot. So he decided to go and work... Uh, in one of these like professional wrestling cards, I think down in, was it Tennessee or Florida? Well, he had called Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. And proposed his idea. Yeah, and they, because he on was he doing a show or something where he was wrestling women? Oh yeah, that was a bit that he was doing during his like stand up comedy thing. Was he would come to like a performance and he labeled himself the intergender champion of the world, which is like so ahead of his time. It's yeah, hilarious. And he would say. uh I'm the I'm the greatest man alive, blah blah. Uh, any woman in the audience that thinks that she can beat me, uh, open challenge. 
and uh, I dare you to come up here, and I'll beat you and prove to you that I'm the intergender <laughs> champion of the world. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they, he did that bit uh, for like an actual wrestling promotion, and it got so much of a good reaction that they wanted to keep it going. Yeah. So through that evolved the idea of him actually getting into a wrestling beef, but like that was totally staged behind the scenes between the two people involved, but everybody else thought it was a real thing. Yeah. Um, so it led to like him being on, uh, the Letterman show with Jerry, the King Lawler. Yeah. 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 And he, uh, like slapped him across the face and they did all this shit to try to make it seem like Jerry was going to like kick his ass. He like pretended like he broke his neck. Remember he said, uh, <laughs> in the one, uh, he like did some move to him and he told him to like call an ambulance and they were like, well, we can't call an ambulance because the ambulance costs like $250. He was like, tell him I'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, it's going to take a half hour for the ambulance to get here. He's like, I'll wait. Yeah, he just waited, like pretending to be hurt in the middle of the ring in front of this large crowd for half an hour. The ambulance comes, takes him to the hospital, and then he goes to the hospital and pretends that he's hurt for what, like three days? Yeah, he stayed there for three days. <laughs> and he paid for it all himself. <laughs> and he had the doctors convinced that there was something wrong with him. He was like, at the end of it, uh, he never told anybody he right? never told anybody that oh, it was that's so good so good how do you not let anybody in on the bit like that's <sighs> just that's so hard i guess once you do then it's over right i guess yeah. yeah yeah because he was saying that his parents were mad at jerry lawler after he died after he died because yeah. they actually thought that he hurt him they didn't know until i think jerry the king lawler released like a book or something and they put it in like the book that it was faked <laughs> but, if, but even if, the half the guys in the documentary didn't realize that it wasn't real at first, right? Yeah, um, they were like interviewing like a bunch of like of the older wrestling promoters, like Jeff Jarrett and uh, one of the seniors. I forget. Everybody but Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, he would, I don't think he'd be part of that. Yeah, but he he was the one that said no, and then which is what drove him to there yeah he which probably, made their whole shit way bigger yeah exactly he probably kicked himself for that decision because that was a fuck that's probably like the greatest uh it was such a good bit yeah because people like not involved in wrestling were interested in watching wrestling you know what i mean they were like yeah. wait andy kaufman like is gonna fight this guy like he doesn't know how to fight oh shit he's got a neck brace on <laughs> yeah yeah they told like he they said that he was trying to wear the neck brace on taxi yeah yeah and they made him take it off, <laughs> take it off. <laughs> um That's and, so i really like i guess i just didn't pay too much attention to man on the moon yeah because yeah. it was jim carrey to me if never everybody was like oh no he's doing Andy Kaufman, he, like, it's so amazing, well, you know? Well, we saw that documentary about the behind-the-scenes. That's all I'd ever seen. I never saw crazy. Man on the Moon. Yeah. I never oh. saw, no, I never saw that movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think, I don't know that I would appreciate it. Yeah, probably not now that you know, like, what happened behind yeah. the scenes with Jim Carrey's fucking... Weird-ass. Psycho antics. I mean, he really thought he was, like, like channeling him, which, I mean... Dude, he talked to Andy Kaufman's real dad as, as Andy, Andy Kaufman, Kaufman and said... I love you, Dad. I miss you. Yeah, that's weird. That's and they've weird. never met, right? No, no. Well, who, the parents? No, uh, Jim Carrey and Andy Kaufman. No, no. He was, I think he died way before Jim Carrey got started. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Fucking crazy, though. And what was great about it was they found all the, the checks that the wrestling promotion had written for him. 
And he never cashed he them. He never cashed any of them. Yeah. No, that's crazy. <laughs> so he basically just did all that shit for free. Yeah. Well, for the love of the game. For really. the love of the game. God damn. Such a great fucking performer. Yeah. It's hard though, right? It's hard to keep like that going. Like, especially when it starts to like alienate people. Yeah, because you have to get out of there before, because you don't want everybody to hate you. So yeah. you have to have, like, I guess, like a close knit, like, ring of people that are, like, in on the bit. Yeah, but won't, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. I don't know. But I can see why he was, like, always, like, trying to get away from, like, whenever he was done performing, he mm. wasn't, like, trying to stay. And true. most people are, I think everybody's kind of really like that, because. Yeah, I mean, every, like, great uh like performative comedian that i've ever met in real life has always been like shy and like reserved and like you know like famous actor wise you know what i mean yeah yeah and and then like when they're on screen it's like oh man this guy's like really good at doing this or she's amazing at doing this blah blah but then when you go like talk to them at like a meet and greet or something they're like hey what's up Wow. I'm <laughs> like a to totally like different person. Yeah, I don't know. I well, feel I like it, though, not comedians. Though. Especially I feel if you like comedians do those... are never off. Yeah, some of them. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess, like, if you have to do those like uh, autograph signings and you got to be in like a specific like hotel lobby for oh, like fucking God. six hours. Oh, I just got nauseous. And that. <laughs> every, every third person that comes up like mentions something that you did 20 years ago. And it's like, oh, they think that they're unique because they're mentioning this thing that nobody else talks about. <laughs> I mean, but isn't that everybody, every artist like real, you know, like, I found like the first book you ever wrote in kindergarten. And I think that that was, mm. a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like low key. Yeah. But that's the point. Like, Maybe the first time you hear that is cool, but once it becomes like every yeah. third or fourth person that comes in line to get an autograph, they're like, oh, I fucking remember the the song of the saints book that you wrote. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck. You feel like like Da Vinci would go to a like a like a paint signing, like mm. we we have an art show, like a gallery. Yeah. I don't know. His own. Yeah. Maybe I think all those artists were like recognized like after they died right that's what i'm saying you know he probably tried to put his own shit on and everybody just looked at him crazy yeah like kanye you ever see those uh drawings of the tanks that he made da vinci yeah they were pretty fucking cool tanks yeah they were like all wooden tanks like in a circle it looked like a spaceship actually but uh around it were like uh cannon holes where you could stick cannons through were they made out of wood also? No, I think the cannons are metal. And there was metal in the wood to, like, prevent it from, like, getting attacked from the outside. Splintering? Yeah. It was pretty cool, <laughs> though. He fucking made that in, like, the 1400s or some shit? Or like the 1200s? Damn. Yeah. Wild. Um, let's move on to our next uh, <laughs> guest of honor of uh, the people that really committed to the bit. Uh, we saw the Little Richard documentary. Was it called uh, I Am Everything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Honestly, I like, I always liked him, but I didn't realize his life was so, I mean, I guess I knew, but like, I didn't realize he's so tumultuous. Uh, so, um, what's the word? I can't even think of a appropriate word to use. Tumultuous? I don't fucking know. Is that a word? I think it is. I'm just saying it wrong. <laughs> but he was cool as shit, and, like, I think it sucks that he... Because he didn't stick to the bit, actually. 
Yeah, that's he waffled. That's what I was saying. He, he waffled back and forth. Yeah, he like he would be like super flamboyant, yeah. and then I like what happened? Like he had like hit a rough patch, and then he was like, I gotta turn my life around. I think yeah, what would happen is something bad would happen, and he would turn to uh, the things that he thought made adults uh, probably more uh, safe feeling. From when he grew up, which was like church stuff. Mm, okay. So whenever anything happened like bad to him, he'd like turn to the church as like a way of healing, and then he would like forget all the things about him that made him great. So yeah, you know what I mean. And like, then he would just like snap out of it every few years and be like, "I'm gay as hell." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. He yeah he would go, go like do a great run of albums and tours and shit, and then get something would happen like his dog would die or something yeah he party too hard one night yeah and then he, he'd go like church church guy no makeup and just he, he would gain weight too be like a, a fat he looked totally different yeah. Every, he, I've never seen more of a chameleon of a person yeah like as different as he looked throughout his life yeah um and then he would uh you know I guess try to do like gospel music tours uh it wouldn't work uh, he'd go back to being the little Richard that everybody loves, go on a crazy-ass fucking binge, and then go back to church guy, like, <laughs> five years later. Sounds like Bam Margera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but he was cool shit. Honestly, I had no idea, like, what an effect he had on the world of music at large. Like, he was, yeah. he started with Sister Rosetta Thorpe. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, he was basically the creator of rock and roll. The style that everybody tried to emulate. Yeah, that style. But it's it's fucking everybody. It's like, I remember, like, we were sitting down and, like, listening to different things, and we're like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. Even Mick Jagger was like, yeah, we got our sound from that. He talked about uh, how he gave Mick Jagger a floor to sleep on. (laughs) 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 Fucking crazy. (laughs) And um, and the Beatles. Yeah, he also toured with, like, so many great musicians like everybody wanted to be part of his crew Jimi hendrix the beatles fucking the rolling stones uh did he do something with dylan bob dylan mm. at some point i can't remember i don't know maybe. he mentioned like all these people he was like yeah they they wouldn't be there without me they wouldn't be there without me right but nobody fucking you know gave him the credit gave him the credit and didn't did he go broke a bunch of times yeah oh yeah well, yeah, what was it? Gordy got his ass. Yeah, he got. He had that one like record deal with uh, that one company, and they were like, "You gotta make us a specific amount of albums." And I think he did. What did they say? He had like eighty percent of it done, and then he decided to quit. So then they were mm-hmm. like, "Well, you forfeit all the rights to any future music that you make, or whatever." I don't remember the logistics of that, but I do remember them saying that like. Every time that somebody would cover one of his songs, mm. he would get like a percentage of their sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, who was it when he was like, "They got my, they got tutti frutti," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, uh, was it like Bing Crosby or something? No, it was some. Like it was like one of those like like white boy like doo wop bands. Yeah, it was uh, Elvis and somebody else. Elvis, no, yeah, it was like uh, Jim Cramer. Dorky. Nah, somebody dorky. I can't remember who. But anyway, it was funny. She's like, he put my ass on that person. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I find it sad that, looking the same thing with, like, Freddie Mercury. Like, they never really got to, like, be who they are. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe that's what made their music and shit so good. Yeah, true. 
I don't know. It sucks, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk about two people that have had, like, a crazy effect on the person I am today. Yeah. Uh, Just for, like, what they contributed to the world of, like, making people feel weird and funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Fucking Little Richard. And it's something that they both had that it's, like, a spirit that's inside of them that isn't of this world yeah that you can tell and you can feel it like there's certain people that when when they start singing or whatever i get like my eyes will start tearing up yeah like i get like a lump in my throat and it's not like i'm sad but it's like there's something in that like voice or whatever stirring emotion that's like stirring or like i'll get goosebumps you know yeah yeah and i'm like oh that not everybody has that yeah and he was definitely somebody that had it i feel like uh tina turner she had it yeah Whitney Houston. Um, Whitney Houston. I felt bad. Sinead O'Connor. I felt bad that when he got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the night he was going to get inducted, he was, like, so excited because he was like, finally, I'm going to get, like, some recognition for all this hard work that I did. Yeah. And then he was driving on the way to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and got into a really bad car accident. Oh, shit. Is that what happened? I forgot this what happened. Oh, my gosh. He couldn't make it. It's so sad. I know. <laughs> Did he go back to being a fucking real Christian again after that? No. Remember, he like waited a couple years, and then when they inducted Chuck Berry into the Hall of Fame, he made his... He did the Hall of Fame induction speech for Chuck Berry, and then he made the whole uh, Chuck Berry speech like basically about himself. <laughs> <laughs> I love the picture of him with the Beatles at like 14 years old. Oh, or however yeah. the fuck old they were. And it was like, oh my God, like they were so in awe of him. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like a bunch of little kids. <laughs> and like comparatively, like they're children musicians the to Be- what he could do. The Beatles? Still. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It sucks. He di- I mean, it's not like I he mean, he lived pretty soon. long. I wish he would have had more years as little richard you know what i mean yeah less of the church years and but maybe again maybe like, that's maybe, what gave us such a long life of his yeah. like maybe he needed to take those breaks he needed, he needed a couple of little richard breaks <laughs> <coughs> um yeah uh i wanted to bring up this uh thing uh these guys uh we're known for sticking to the bit a little bit too much, I guess. Uh, let's talk about a little bit more about Russell Brand, uh, potentially. Well, he is canceled. Uh, and then after that, let's talk about what happened to uh, David Portnoy of Barstool Sports. David Portnoy? Yeah. But uh, Russell Brand, let's start with him. Uh, All right. Last week, we kind of touched on, uh, I think the article about him had just dropped like right before we recorded. And what was it, that he was just a... He's a bad guy. He's a creep. Uh, he did a lot of weird shit. I think he, like, assaulted some women. Uh, and then he had, a, like, a relationship with, like, a 16-year-old, I think. That he used to, like, take out of school and bring her home for <laughs> biology lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? You think that was before Katy Perry or after? Uh, it said it was during his, uh, he called it his promiscuous years. Which, one, which were they? <laughs> uh, it was, like, mid to... Mid two thousands to like, two thousand like, eleven or twelve or some shit like that. It was a span of like five years. That was his whole phase. That he said that was his whole phase. Yeah, when he like started to make it big. Well, that was after get him to the Greek. 
I think so, yeah. But I heard he stole his whole bit from another, like, uh, English comedian. Like, the whole Steez. From, like, his look to everything. Like, Eddie Izzard? It wasn't Eddie. It was somebody, like, around his same time. Oh, uh, probably the dude that does songs, like, Tim, Tim Milligan or some shit like that. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he stole, like, somebody's whole act and, like, basically got famous with that. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, like, I thought that this dude was canceled a while ago. Well, and then he started talking all that shit about, like, the government. And I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe. Because then, the, then at the same time, I thought, is is this shit coming out about him because of all the stuff he said? Right, yeah. Which I don't know, it makes it also, seem like that's a big possibility. But again, like, I think these people are tell, probably telling the truth about what he is being accused of. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Even though he's like, uh, saying some shit that will probably get him in trouble anyway. Like, he should have never did that other stuff before he started saying this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't do that shit and then come out against the government. Yeah, you're You know no, what I mean? You gotta make sure your fucking ass is clean. Whoever you're coming out against, if they have money behind them, they're gonna find a way to come after you if you don't have a clean background. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, fucking own up to your shit, like, if you do it. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, but I guess something like that. We'll, we'll, how would he own up to that? He maybe if he would have like came out and like publicly apologized like years ago. Well, the problem is, is that the one was a child, I think. Yeah, which is a whole different, you know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if he would have known that uh, this shit was gonna come out eventually, like he should have like like ten years ago before he started talking shit about big pharma and all that. He should have been like, look, I did this shit. Uh, I probably did it wrong, blah, 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 I'm sorry, you know, whatever we got to do to make it right, make it right. And he would have had to deal with the fallout, but then he could have probably came back from that. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. There's plenty of, yeah, there's there's plenty of famous comedians that had uh, young brides, I suppose. Yeah, his, his <laughs> excuse was that all the relationships were consensual. And it's like, dude, c- oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. He's, I, just... I was uh, kind of weirded out at the fact that he was still making like a million dollars a year off of YouTube. Just from content on, on YouTube. What is he doing on YouTube? I guess making anti-pharma and anti-government videos. He just like sits in his house and makes these videos and then gets paid? Yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm going to start doing my hair like that and my makeup like that. I already kind of started. You better stay away from any 16-year-olds. Uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, I like my men fully grown. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so he might be uh, out on the... Uh, I don't think he can come back from this. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to... Uh, But come back from what, though? Like, see, I feel like this is where the things get kind of blurred when people get canceled or not. Yeah. Because in some circumstances, it looks like it needs to go all the way to the fucking court systems. And, And, like, depending on whether or not somebody is found guilty, then they decide whether or not the person's canceled. Right. And then in others, it's like that person's fucking canceled regardless of whether or not the thing happened or not. Right, right, right. So I don't know where this is going to fall on that. Uh, so you think if they do like a, a court case and he gets found uh, innocent, then people will give him a chance again? 
if they have like a desire for his content, yeah, fucking yeah. Chris D'Elia still's got people. That's wild to me. I, <laughs> I had an old coworker that had like a tattoo of uh, Chris oh, D'Elia's no. phrase, and I was like, ew. Well, you know what? Uh, the tattoo cover-up industry has uh, come really far yeah. lately, so <laughs> it's still a shot. Um, let's talk about this Dave Portnoy thing. Uh, I don't know too much about it. I know uh, he was trying to do some interview for the Washington Post uh, with a food columnist, and I guess she tried to use the interview as a way to bring up his misogynistic past, uh, and he decided to, I guess he was recording the interview himself. So like he put that video out there, and then people started giving the editor or the reporter like a bunch of shit, because they were like, "How dare you? You're supposed to talk about pizza and pizza places." So they're mad at the reporter. They're not mad at this the reporter, guy. yeah. So why is he getting canceled? He's not canceled. He they tried to cancel him, I guess, through that interview, which they tried to do. I think earlier this year, or last year. Uh, there, somebody like wrote a report. They like interviewed his like ex girlfriends or something, <laughs> and they were talking about how like he was like abusive or some shit like that. I don't know. Like who gets signed up for the job of like inter? Like it's like when you go to work for the fucking CIA and they talk to like all of your relatives and friends and yeah. Like, Do you know anybody that's in the Corrections Institute right now? Like where where whose job is it to to like interview the family of whoever is like a prominent figure? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? Just like any reporter, I don't know. Like do they what? interview family people? Of, I guess it depends who yeah, you are. Like I mean, it does seem like a lot of people who become famous, like then their family members become like kind of a like famous by proxy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. And then, but my my point was not that, but what was the motivation to try and like get this guy canceled just because he's a misogynist? I think it's because like he kind of, I don't know if he founded, but he works for or represents that barstool, barstool sports. Okay. And, uh, online, I guess the popular narrative about people who find that content, uh, entertaining is that they're mostly, uh, people from misogynistic backgrounds because they like sports and, uh, well, that's all they're talking about, right? It's just food and sports? I think so, yeah. I mean, he does all those videos where he goes to, like, those, uh, like, no-name pizza places, like, in, like, small towns, and, like, he rates them. Does he rate, rate them well? If they're good. And then the pizza place gets, like, a lot of uh, attention. You know what I mean? I guess I could see that going to someone's head. <laughs> you think that's it's, he's it like the, the pizza stuff he's like the, he's the master Yelp reviewer. What the fuck? <laughs> well, he makes. He, I think he makes videos for it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he just adds another layer to his uh, entertainment. He I just mean, does uh, pizza reviews. Yeah. But like, what what is the motivation of this person that's interviewing him to get him canceled? I think so. That's what I was trying to say earlier. I think what he represents is a certain subset of American culture that. The person that was reporting or doing the interview uh, probably doesn't agree with and finds, like, uh, offensive. So they were like, maybe this is a way to, like, try to, like, tamp down on these guys, like, hero. You know what I mean? Either that or it's just, like, a staged rap battle. That's the way I see mm. it. Yeah, you know but, then, I mean? like, but then the person that's the reporter ends up looking bad and 
ends up not getting hired anywhere. You know what I mean? So if it's staged, like oh yeah, that's they, true. They couldn't Never be mind. in on it, yeah. Well, unless unless they're not in on it, and he's just an asshole. That's like I'll just get any reporter fired just to get this through. Ugh, it's like shut, just do whatever you're doing, and then like I don't know. There's always fucking like operatives out there to try and get people canceled. I don't get it. Yeah, well, I mean, in this situation, it didn't work. So. Whatever they were trying to do, the the reporter ended up looking like the bad one. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess he won this round. And another notch for the white men. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, what you just said, uh, we saw that uh, Alec Murdoch, Murdoch. Oh, you know we've been following this family now for a couple of years because yeah. we saw that like low country documentary on Facebook about the like the privilege of the Murdoch family. Yeah. And um how their son like killed somebody in a boat crash. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and then um and then the trial got really famous and we watched like the Netflix documentary and the whatever other one what other one was there? Um there might have been one on Hulu. I think the first one was on HBO. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Netflix just did a season two of their version of it uh, that kind of covered just the trial. Which was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, because it kind of reiterated all the shit that they did in the first season. But Yeah, because you know what? I was like... I, I was more interested in this than I thought I was going to be because I was like, ugh, we've seen so many things on this. What are they going to tell us that yeah. like I don't already know? Yeah, yeah. But they definitely hit it from like a whole new angle, and yeah. it was like, ooh. Yeah, This Doesn't guy definitely good. murdered his family. So I guess for those unfamiliar with the story, uh, there's a... Allegedly. <laughs> there's a prominent uh, lawyer from this like uh, famous like lawyer family in the South, or is it South Carolina? It's like, yeah, it's like low country, country, county, or low country, South Carolina. Yeah, so basically this family was like one of the elite in uh, this county uh, in the South. Yeah, and like the whole family had been lawyers in the company. And they would um, get, get away with like crazy shit, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so uh, the story basically happens when uh, the, the father... The patriarch of this family, <laughs> uh, who's a lawyer, um, I guess he gets involved in some uh, heavy drug purchasing, um, and then his family ends up being murdered, uh, and the evidence kind of points to him being the one that did it. Um, and then, I guess, during the course of investigating this, they found all the financial crimes that he also committed, um, so they tried them for those separately. But uh, this was mostly about just the murder trial. Just the murders, for yeah. For his wife and his uh, kid. Yeah, um, and I guess there was no, like, physical evidence as far as, like, DNA or that they could use because it was his house. And remember, uh, his brother mentioned that he went there and cleaned up the murder scene before the police were able to come and do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was crazy because he was living at the house, wasn't he? Or, or no, did he, he, said he, he just, went to his other house. No, he said he stopped by to see like what happened or whatever, and then he walked up and he went into like the area where the murders had been committed, and he said he he saw like a bunch of like pieces of brain and shit on the ground, so he decided he would clean it up for his brother. Yeah, like so that the, the so he wouldn't see it when he got home or whatever. 
No, he said he was doing it as, like, a thing for his nephew. It was like, I just felt like it would be wrong to have, like, the city cleaners, like, come and clean up his brains. Oh, uh, yeah, that part, too. So, I don't know, man. The whole weird. shit was weird, but, like, I, I don't know. At first, I was, like, just hearing the guy talk a few times, I was like, there's no way that he killed his family. Yeah. But then when you see him in, like, the courthouse, like, this motherfucker's eyes turn black. Like, yeah. he might be a murderer. Yeah, and then they uh, kind of brought in all the people that he talked to, like, in the couple of hours and days following the murders. Yeah. And he was, like, trying to, like, make sure that they all had their story straight. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Yeah, and they were all like, uh, like the, I feel like the, uh, maid definitely put the nail in the coffin for him. Mm. Cause she, and the maid and the, um, the lady that was supposed to be like his mom's caregiver. Yeah. Cause apparently the story was that he went down there and then came back to the house and found them murdered. Mm. And so he made sure he told the nurse, like, I was here for like 45 minutes. But she was like, he wasn't. He was only here for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess when they, came to question her about like how much time he'd been there she mentioned that he said that he was here for this much time but he wasn't and then the fucking tiktok that was on Uh, the video that was on uh the kid's phone yeah his son recorded a video with him like actually at the scene of the crime so what is crazy to me is that they were investigating this shit for a long time Mm -hmm. and then like we're trying to get into this guy's phone. Like they connect, they contacted like Apple security, whatever it was. Yeah. Trying to get this kid's password. Yeah. And then randomly somebody puts in his birthday and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's how that went down. <laughs> but I'm like, what? It might have been, but I don't know. That's you, you're telling me. I know. It sounded like, they, it seems like they brought in like federal resources and yeah. then somebody was just like, hey, did you try his birthday? <laughs> well, they but did. Anyway. They did bring in federal resources to prosecute him. Remember that guy, that lawyer said he like went down and like took over the case because he was like, this is too big for any of the local guys to handle on their own. Yeah. Fucking wild. The whole shit is wild. I mean, and then from that, like, he, the Alex guy, he tried to get his cousin to kill him. Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie. Yeah. Shitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Matthew Shitter's full. Dave Matthew Shitter's full. Can you come blow my brains out? <laughs> so he wouldn't do that. So then I don't know what happened. Like, what did he do to make it look like he'd been, like, beat up? I think he, like... He, he just, like, hit himself with some gravel. Didn't he shoot himself in, like, the ear or something? Like... No, I think when he got to the hospital, they were like, this guy hasn't been shot. He oh, just had okay. some, like, gravel in the back of his head and, like, blood. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he just, like, like bashed his head into the ground or something. Yeah. But well, it's wild now looking back at it and thinking, like, damn, this guy made this whole fucking story up, right? And, like, in most cases, probably if he were the lawyer to the case mm-hmm. and not the defendant, he he might have got away with it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's just like, damn, all these motherfuckers are just programmed to lie and create stories. He's sticking with the bit, though. He's, he's sticking not, with the fucking bit. He's not fucking uh, he definitely hasn't admitting waffled. anything. His surviving son uh did an interview i think with fox news and said that he he thinks the murderer is still out there yeah he was like uh there's definitely evidence i did he say it was because of the new netflix thing that came out that there was like evidence that it wasn't his dad or, or something or like a multi-shooter to, yeah, theory there might or whatever two, two people there or something i don't know what it was but the the, the video they found on the younger kids that that he killed son or oh my god phone yeah <laughs> 
was basically putting Alec at the murder scene like two or three minutes before, before the murder they occurred. Mur- murdered, yeah. Exactly. Because I guess you could he he the boy was down at like the dog kennel like filming the dogs and you could hear, and the, mom you could in the, hear the mom in the background and then you could hear alec and the, alec which is funny because his name is alex but everybody yeah. called him alec yeah and i'm like don't even give him the uh respect <laughs> call him alex <laughs> but the other kid they think that the the other kid murdered that that gay kid remember we watched that other um that was the first one. That was the, the first uh, HBO one where they were talking about how uh, there was, like, a gay kid that was, like, in their high school, and they said he, like, hung out. They insinuated that this other murderer that's still alive fucked this kid, and the kid was going to, like, tell people. So he, like, beat him up in order to keep him quiet, but I guess he died from his injuries or some shit. Yeah, and they, like, dumped him on, like, the... Was it on, like, the train tracks or the road or whatever? It was in the middle of the road. Yeah, to make just, it look like he got hit. Yeah, but then they were like, well, if he got hit, why is he outside of his car? <laughs> fucking crazy. The whole shit is wild. but And I wonder if they're going to go back and, like, try and, um, like, get Buster for that other guy's death. Mm. Buster is the youngest guy. I mean, could this not be literally? It's literally Arrested Development. Yeah, Southern, like, Southern Arrested Development. Southern Arrested Development. Daddy's a lawyer. Daddy's 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 a lawyer. Yeah. Like, apparently, they said in the courthouse that he had to go and be tried in, there was a picture of his grandfather on the wall or great grandfather that they had to remove. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't want him to have like sympathy yeah. from the people who respected the law in the in that area. That's what it was funny. I was just thinking, like, when did we stop respecting authority? Like, I never <laughs> did, but like, I feel like it was a thing that people said for a long time. Yeah. Like, oh, you like it was like you know one of those things where people were trying to shame you to be like, oh, you don't respect authority. Yeah. But it stopped kind of being a thing for the most part, except for with some like older boomers. Yeah, I think it was sometime after nine eleven. Yeah, because during nine eleven, they had people convinced that you had to respect authority and do what they said. Yeah, they so had they your got best the Patriot Act fucking going. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, he committed to the bit pretty hard. Uh, I want to go to this story about uh, Budweiser. It seems like they're committing to the bit of uh, losing uh, a lot of money from their uh, <laughs> from their people that would buy their beer. Um, so, I guess earlier this year, uh, they uh, received some backlash because they picked that Dylan Mulvaney guy to be a or a girl. Uh, What's her name? Is it is it still Dylan Mulvaney? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so they picked her to be like a spokesman. Yeah, was it, did they pick her to be a spokesperson, or did they just send her... They just sent her some stuff, and then she just recorded a video. On her birthday, and she recorded a thing saying, thanks, Budweiser, for sending me, like... Yeah, it wasn't like she was in a commercial or anything. Yeah, no, but then Kid Rock got all mad and started shooting Budweiser cans. And then he was seen drinking Budweiser cans. he was seen drinking Budweiser. Um, So, anyway... And uh, because of all that... The Anheuser-Busch company, uh, who owns Budweiser... um, they just released a statement that said they will no longer amputate the tails of their Budweiser Clydesdales. Uh, their horses that they use, I guess, for the... What's that called? The Prequis or some shit? Was Preakness? Yeah, is that what it is? That's what it's called, I think. Freaknik? Freaknik, yeah. Um, but wait. The decision comes after a high-pressure campaign from PETA 
Uh, the practice known as equine tail docking uh, was discontinued in early 2023, according to a Budweiser spokesman. Um, so I guess they're releasing this statement saying that they are that they already stopped it earlier this year because PETA started like a campaign against Budweiser because they were clipping the tails of the horses. Are they for racing? or Because Clydesdales are the ones that are like bigger horses with the big hooves. Yeah, I think they're show horses. They um, are, and I thought that they, part of the show was the tail. Well, so why? that's why I'm confused on why they were clipping them at all. So tail docking originally started as a way to keep a horse's tail from being becoming tangled in the harnesses or the equipment. Okay. Um, but today it's mainly done for cosmetic reasons. Uh, for public events, the tails on Budweiser Clydesdales are formed into buns and adorned with ribbons. Uh, docking is either surgically done surgically or by ligature, which is uh, what they do to like castrate animals, where they place like a rubber band or something or yeah, around until it gets tight, like until the, the watermelon pill pops. Yeah, until the flesh dies around whatever it is, and then it just like pops off. Uh, they do that for sheeps when they want to like take their balls off and cows, I think. Really? And goats. Um, so, blah, 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 blah. The practice is banned and or regulated in only 11 U.S. states, uh, but many European countries uh, outright just ban the practice because they think it's uh, horrible. Because it is. Um, but I thought what was funny is among the countries that in Europe that like banned this practice was Belgium. And that's where the parent company of Anheuser-Busch is located. <laughs> <laughs> but like, why, why are they like even coming out with that? Like did Pete, you said Peter was making a stink? And yeah, they because like they were like mad about it. Yeah, because they were like, "Why the fuck are you clipping the horses' tail?" Because apparently it's bad for the horses because they use the tails to communicate with other horses, but to also like swat away at like the biting insects. Yeah. So when when they don't have that extra appendage, they they don't have a way to swat them away from like their asses. Yeah, I would think it would do something for their like aerodynamics too. You like know what to, I mean? To walk properly? Or to, yeah, like something with like their ba balance. Ba yeah, you maybe. know, because they sleep standing up most of the time. Well, they, yeah. they can lay down, but not for long. Yeah, because their uh, lungs are too big, right? Something like that. It's like they, they can only lay down for two hours at a time or whatever, but they have that thing where they can lock their back legs and yeah, that, yeah. like, hemiparatile whatever the fuck. It's like where one side of your brain falls asleep at a I, time. That's what sharks do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. So, so no more tail docking for the no Bud, more tail Budweiser docking for horses. the Budweiser horses. It's yeah. so funny though because when I think of a horse, like I don't even remember one that has its tail docked. Yeah, I can't picture one. Yeah, I can't I mean, picture a horse with no tail. Maybe in like those old like Western movies, but like how many times do you watch those? You know what I mean? I'm like, never looking at the horse's ass. <laughs> you know. Well, only if John Wayne is on the screen. <laughs> then you have no choice. Um, so, good, big up on you, Budweiser. Okay, you don't have to do that. Uh, yeah, Budweiser's doing that. Uh, do you want to talk about how uh, these uh, researchers that went to the Mexican Congress are trying to stick with the bit? 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah. this guy's found now, what, three different aliens? Three different aliens, three different times. Two of the times he's been uh, proven to be a fool. Uh, so <laughs> this well, is you know what they say. Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, it's like that meme where you're, like, digging for gold, and there's one guy that stops, like, two feet before the prize. Yeah. So, all right, so this guy, uh, I guess he's some type of scientist, right? And he, uh, like, an archaeologist? And yeah. he supposedly took evidence, physical evidence, of a mummified alien body that he found in, where, Peru? Yeah. Or somewhere? Uh, and he took it to the Mexican Congress to basically be like, look, uh, there's aliens, here's proof, here's an alien. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, and then what? They did some, like, Oh, they of, did a CAT scan on it. They did a CAT scan on it. And then they found out that it's got some baby aliens in it. They found they found what looked what resembled eggs in uh, its stomach, which suggested that it was in a uh, was that a gestation period? Or like a um, like it was ovulating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like creating eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And they also, I guess, they tested the some of the DNA from the flesh around the mummified parts. And, and they were like, it's not human? It's not human, yeah. So, So I mean, it might not be an alien, but they don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about that whole thing? I mean, at this point, I don't fucking care, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're giving me a mummy here? Like, they've shown me T-Rexes. Yeah. You know? Well, if they came out with definitive proof that those mummies were aliens, you think anybody would care? It would just be like, oh, fuck, it's yeah, like, I guess they're real. now we're going to deal with fucking aliens now? Really? <laughs> Gas is fucking $5 a gallon. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's not exciting. They're not even making it exciting. Yeah. It's like, you think, give it a more, little more pizzazz. Put a little more riz on it. A little more riz? A little more riz. You think he should have uh, ejaculated onto the alien? I thought riz was charisma. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I thought that was a way to show charisma. Oh, it is. Oh. All right. But, I mean, it's just, I'm just, like, the whole thing is a white, just plain white alien. Yeah. Not even looked, cool colors. It looked weird, though. Weird was, shape. It looked just like E.T., which is odd. Yeah. <laughs> That's odd. <laughs> it's like, how did they know? Yeah. So, what do you think is going to come from this? Nothing, right? Probably like, nothing. Probably the same shit... That came from after they found Captain, uh, what's his name's treasure, and tied him to the. Uh, Al Capone. Oh no, no, the, the pirate. Uh, Ahab. Oh god damn it! You know what pirate I'm talking about? Uh. Captain Kidd. Oh. What the fuck was that guy's name? Blackbeard. Whatever. Anyway, when they thought they found the guy's treasure, and the Mexican government was like, "Oh, let's come in and like." Just secure the site, and then the next day they were like, oh, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Oh, that was, what was that, Bermuda? Yeah, something, but it was, like, something that would have proved that, like... Yeah, they found that, like, what was it, like a golden ingot or some shit like that? Yeah, it was, like, a lot. As as soon as they brought it up, the president of the country was there, and he was like... Shut it down. They they were like, like, you got to present it to him in front of these people. (laughs) And then they weren't allowed to go back. Yeah. Like, at all. So that's kind of how I feel, like, what's going to happen with the alien shit, you know? Because it's like, I, I don't know. It feels like the government's getting ready to roll something out. We didn't talk about the October 4th, uh... Blackout. What is that? 
Remember I told you every but all like I know you told me, devices. but you didn't tell me while we were recording. Oh so. fucking I know. <laughs> On October fourth, apparently between uh, like two p.m. and two thirty, mm-hmm. they're gonna be shutting off everybody's cell phones, radios, everything for like some emergency test thing. Okay. Um, yeah. So no just... one will be able to communicate with each other for half an hour. Yeah. You think that's real? Well, I that's what it, the FEMA website says it. On mm. October 4th, there's a scheduled outage for everything. Well, it's just cellular devices, right? So like cellular radio, everything, but, camera, TV. Yeah, but you can't like turn off Wi-Fi. So, like I, I'm guessing that if your phone is connected to Wi-Fi, you'll probably be fine. If you have like an iPhone, because you could do like Wi-Fi calling. They said something about computers, or maybe that's why they were doing it. I don't honestly know, but it was something to test some sort of like emergency signals in case of like, you know, some shit going down. In case some shit goes down. Yeah, I don't know, but it's weird. I mean, half an hour seems like a long time. It's a long time to like, like that they could gather information, perhaps, or yeah, you know. I don't know, man. Fucking slip some aliens into all of us. You read this on the FEMA website? Yeah. You sure it's not like they're talking about their own website? Gonna no, be it's a... Do you want me to look it up right now? I'm no, just reading no, no, it no, earlier. No, 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 look up October 4th blackout. No, 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 no. Look it up. Your, all your shit's going to go off for half an hour on okay. to- October 4th. There you go. Allegedly. It's on the FEMA website. All right. I trust you. Okay. <laughs> now that we're clear. Um, do you want to talk about this jet that went missing? Oh, yeah. I was looking that up because I was like, okay, what happened here? So on about like, it was like a week ago now. Yeah. Um, F-35 jet. Military jet. Military jet. It's the most expensive jet that we have. Mm-hmm. Worth $100 million. Okay. Um, this guy was on a training mission. Somewhere in uh, South Carolina or North Carolina. Okay. And uh, at some point during this mission, he was was flying the jet for the mission. Some point during the mission, he ejects himself from the plane, Mm -hmm. lands in some dude's backyard. Yeah. And they call 911. The guy's like, I'm a military pilot. Uh, I, there's been a plane crash or whatever. But apparently, like, they didn't know where the, where it went. Yeah, he blamed it on a malfunction or some shit. Yeah, what but I read that... It? They called this something weird that they kept using over and over again. What I read was a Class A mishap. Mishap, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> and there's actually a fucking uh, definition to what a Class A mishap is. Really? Yeah, and that is damages that are greater than $2.5 million or... Someone dies or is permanently disabled. Oh, shit. That's was, a class A mishap. He wasn't disabled, though, the pilot, though, right? No, but they lost the fucking $100 million plane. But then they found it? Well, they found debris um, in north of Charleston, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, like 24 hours after the pilot ejected himself. Oh, shit. Um, the joint base base in Charleston, I guess there's like an army or not, or like a navy, mil- whatever the fuck. Marine. Whatever it is, base. Um, they said that the searchers who had been looking for the missing warplane located debris and confirmed that it was from the jet. 
um, and members of the com- community should avoid a- the area as the recovery team secures the area. So I thought that was kind of weird. Like, they're like, don't walk around this perimeter because we're, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's on there? Well, I guess they don't want anybody finding a piece that they didn't see at first. Or that's... did they not actually find it? Because members of the community, um, not, nobody reported any sound, well, except for that one guy. That one guy that they that I showed you the video of that he was like... Yeah. But nobody else reported a sound of anything crashing or whatever. And also, like, they just said they found debris. They didn't say they found the whole fucking plane. That's why. Like, they just... Yeah, so I guess nobody really knows. Well, they said it's, like, one of the most sophisticated, like, uh, stealth-like planes. Yeah. So, like, you can't find it on radar or whatever the fuck? Yeah, well, so that's why what was part of the reason why they were having trouble locating it was because it had, like, <laughs> anti-detection. So what I thought, when I was looking this up, it said there was another F-35 pilot that was on the same training mission who landed without any problems. Mm. So that happened. And it's not clear if anybody... Um, oh, uh, that was before I saw that dude's video. What was It wasn't clear if anybody in the vicinity had reported seeing or hearing the crash. Mm. So the plane traveled 60 miles. Wow. Before. You know who I'm going to blame this on? Sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Mm. Bless you. Uh, you know who I'm going to blame this on? Who? The guy who won that Pepsi jet from Pepsi. <laughs> you know I how fucking... I they did that. You know no, that but great? listen, so so anyway, this thing's worth $100 million, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one lost in January of 2022 in Japan. Oh. Same thing. This this same thing kind of happened where, like, the plane was hovering at, like, a, a little over 1,000 feet. Yeah. And, um... This one was above the ocean, and then it just, like, inexplicably disappeared. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they said that they, they claimed that the, there were parts and fragments scattered across the sea bottom. Mm-hmm. And they said that they found, like, pieces of the pilot down there. Oh, wow. And, um, but, but again, they never, like, recovered the whole plane. It kind of seems like that uh, MH3, what was it? What was it? 370? Thing? Yeah. Like, where they're like, we found debris, but... Did they find the whole thing? I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, because the jets were made to fly by themselves. Like, if some, if a pilot lost, like, consciousness, because mm-hmm. they have some sort of thing that they, they can get, like, randomly, where they just, like, lose consciousness. Yeah, from the pressure. Yeah, it's like the bends, but for pilots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they made this jet so that it would still fly if that happened to the pilot. So... I don't know whether it ejected him by accident or if he inject, ejected himself. There could be so many things. You know what I mean? Like It's fucking crazy. And he just appears in some guy's backyard. Yeah. You just lose a fucking hundred thousand hundred million dollar thing. <laughs> How uh you think that guy that found him thought that he was like a victim of this frog frogging thing? <laughs> Probably. He's like, Probably. Am, I, am I being pranked right now? Is frogging a prank, or is it, like, a, a mental? Well, we only watched the first two episodes, or first episode of that shit. First episode oh, of that Well, oh, so we watched a documentary called Frogging, so apparently it's, like, when people, like, hide in your walls. Like, if you have, like, a crawl space, or, without like... Without you knowing, yeah. Yeah, without you knowing. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't seem like a prank, it seemed like a lifestyle. <laughs> um, I actually, like, looked up to see what would be the crime. Yeah. They don't have a name for it. 
Like, you can get... That's why all these people didn't really get charges. Yeah, you can get arrested for, like, squatting, uh, for, like, invasion of privacy, and for burglary. But they don't have a specific crime on the books defined by somebody secretly living in your attic or your basement without you knowing about it. <laughs> yeah, is that kind of like, you should have fucking looked, dude? Uh, I don't know, man. Cause but wait, I thought there were squatters' rights. I don't think you get that because if if you're a, fro- a frogger, because you got to prove that you live there uh, first or some shit like that. I was reading into that. They can't claim squatters' rights because they're like illegally living in there from the beginning or some mm. shit like that. That's weird as shit. Yeah. Like they just make these houses and like make spaces that are like, you know, not habitable to the rest of the house. So like you could, I could totally see in our house places where people could just like live and like we wouldn't notice. Shut the fuck up. I know that's weird as shit to say, but like um, there's spaces that I've been like meaning to check out for a while. Shut up. At last night we kept hearing bangs around the house. After we saw that documentary, After we saw it. I was like, "Dude, I swear to God, I heard the front door just shut." Um, so yeah, so there. I guess the, there's a definition. But it turned out that everybody that they God. There's a definition for it that goes back to 2014, uh, and it it's uh, when someone secretly lives in another person's home without their knowledge. Um, and then I wrote down a bunch of like celebrity examples of uh, people this happened to. Uh, George Michael found a stalker uh, had been living under his floorboards for four days in 2012. Oh, shit. Uh, it also happened to J-Lo in 2013, P. Diddy in 2012, Brad Pitt in 1999, Rihanna in t- 2018, and Pam Anderson in 2001. What? Uh, that they were living in their house? Well, I was reading like a lot of these, and I, th- I think most of them are examples of celebrities that like owned houses in different places but they weren't there necessarily all the time oh okay so like people would come by and be like oh shit there's like nobody home and then they'd be able to stay there for like a couple days or a couple weeks without anybody knowing because nobody would like show up to that house or whatever it's like those kids that did that shit to paris hilton's house right yeah exactly but they weren't (laughs) living there they were just going in and taking her shit and reselling it yeah um yeah, it's fucking crazy, though. Uh, it's really I, scary to think about. It's it's scary to think about, but then every person that they, like, found... Well, the one guy did have plans to, like, do surgeries on them. He but, wrote down a manifesto about how he wanted to turn them into a different species. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what the fuck? But, like, every time they got, like, addressed by the families that we saw, like, the, the froggers kind of just, like jumped away well in both of the examples that we saw the the family ended up moving out of the house and going somewhere else well that too <laughs> that too but they were very like anti uh like climactic uh i guess interactions i guess it's like it depends the scariness depends on if the the person frogging is attracted to the house like the place or, or the people or the that people are there inside. yeah yeah if it's the people then it's scarier yeah. if it's just a house like just move places go somewhere else yeah true true yeah it's um, scary though but they commit to the bit they fucking stay in those walls until they get caught um i wanted to go into this story about uh committing to the bit and uh this lady uh along with uh, another guy uh were arrested for um 
this is a fucking crazy story. So okay, so they this this lady runs a daycare in the Bronx and NYC, right? Okay. Um, and she had a couple kids there, and uh, one one of the kids died uh, last week uh, from overexposure to fentanyl. <laughs> Uh, and the other kids had to be given uh, Narcan in order to uh, reverse symptoms of exposure to fentanyl. Um, so two people were charged with murder in connection with the death of a one-year-old boy after he and three other children were exposed to suspected opioids at a Bronx daycare. The one-year-old died. Two two-year-old boys and an eight-month-old girl were exposed to fentanyl and suffered acute opioid intoxication at the Divino Nino daycare. In the Bronx, NYC. Divino Nino, I think, means the divine boy. Divine baby? Yeah. Um, divine baby boy? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so, like, how'd they get the fentanyl? Well... They're starting younger and younger. <laughs> so the suspects uh, were charged with manslaughter, assault, endangering the welfare of a child, and criminal possession of a controlled substance. Uh, a kilogram of fentanyl was discovered in, a, in an area where the children napped. Um, <laughs> officials also found three kilogram press devices in various areas around the uh, daycare. So that's the... You, 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 <laughs> you ever see these drug busts where they have, like, um, packages of stuff? Like powders or something, but they're, like, tightly packaged, and then, like, there's a bunch of tape around them? Yeah. So that that's what a kilogram press is. So you put like the product on there, and it, you press it into like a, I guess a semi-solid form that you can wrap like paper or like tape around. Um, so so they, like a brick. Yeah, exactly. So like it's a brick maker. Like you put the whatever substance in there, and it'll create the brick for you. Um, so they were making the fentanyl. Well, they found a kilo of fentanyl, and they found three kilo presses. Um, the officials also found uh, three... Uh, the fentanyl was found laying underneath a mat where the children had been sleeping. Uh, what? Yeah, there's a woman and a man that was arrested. The woman was 36. The man is 41. Uh, the woman was the owner and the operator of the daycare. The man is her husband's cousin, uh, who is a tenant that resides in a bedroom within the daycare. So, first of all, red flag there. Why are you going to put your kid in a daycare that has some random dude just sleeping yeah. there? Oh, that's just Mark. <laughs> yeah, he's in a, a halfway house right now. Um, <laughs> so, the woman, the owner of the daycare, denied having any knowledge of the items and was the one who called the ambulance, actually. Okay. So, the kids started having like weird reactions. Uh, at one point, she called an ambulance uh they came, checked the kids out, and they were like, oh, man, it looks like they were exposed to some type of drug. Uh, they got them to the hospital. The kids survived, but the one kid died. Um, and then I guess they came to, like, do an investigation, and they found the fentanyl. Um, the daycare was only open since January 2023. So what's that, like nine nine months? Yeah. <laughs> uh the amount of time it takes to grow a baby. Yeah. Uh, authorities then discovered... Oh, so they went back, like, several times to do several investigations. Um, well, did they shut the daycare down? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, they, here's the thing. So they got certified by, like, the New York Public Health whatever the fuck. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, they passed both the certifications. He was like, 
and I guess people asked him, like, did you test for fentanyl while you were there? And his response was, I don't think any of the people that I employ are trained to test for fentanyl inside of a daycare. And then he goes, but maybe we should be. <laughs> but, like, what are we testing for? Fe- is there fentanyl in the fucking air particles? Is this is what, like, how well, did they, in like, this did particular the kid get a hold of the brick? In this particular case, the brick was underneath the mat that they were sleeping on. So maybe they, like, jumped up and down and, like, a, a big puff of fentanyl came out. <laughs> What the fuck? Um, it, it sounds like the idiot that they had move in there hit it in a really dumb spot. Well, so here's here's more to it. So they went back, the police went back again to do, like, another search. And while they were there, they discovered a trap floor. Not a trap door, a trap floor. What? Uh, containing multiple drugs, including fentanyl. And that was underneath the area where the kids would play in the daycare. <laughs> so they took, I guess they had like a rug on top of it. They moved it to the side and there was like a like a, a door like in the ground with like a hinge. And uh, they lifted it up and they found just a bunch of like a shitload of drugs inside. <laughs> um, uh, they found about eight to ten kilograms of various drugs. Uh they said that they found other ones, but they weren't uh, certain. I guess they weren't clear on what the other... I saw the picture. It looked like heroin, which makes sense if they're dealing fentanyl and heroin. Um, so the investigators are currently saying that the two suspects, along with one... Oh, along with other co-conspirators, ran a fentanyl distribution business from the building where the daycare is located. They believe the suspects are mid-level drug distributors tasked with cutting fentanyl with other drugs or household items. Uh, a third suspect is believed to be the woman's husband. Uh, both suspects face life in prison on federal charges, and that does not include the state charges that they got against Eesh. them. So, but she's sticking to the bit though. She's like, I didn't, I didn't know that shit was there. I don't know where they got that fentanyl. <laughs> Have any other parents, like, spoken out? Are these, like, migrant children they're using as, like, a fucking uh, Yeah. I got real bad vibes when you were telling me that story, and I was picturing, like, fucking child trafficking with drugs. Oh, uh, yeah, because the trap floor? I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just was like, this is more than just the drugs. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, yeah, dude, I... That's just like a, the the where my brain went, and I'm saying that saying that's true. But what do you think is worse for these uh, parents that are like speaking out against school systems now? Like, if your kid goes to school and gets accidentally exposed to fentanyl, or uh, your kid goes to go- goes to school and gets accidentally exposed to trans people. Mm. Well, the fentanyl's gonna kill him. Yeah. Well, if if they put it up their nose. Yeah. Don't snort it, you'll be fine. Don't suck it or snort it. Don't suck it or snort it, you'll be fine. And you know what? I think that's a good, uh, what do you call that? Like a good uh, motto? Yeah, put on a a poster. Modus operandi? Don't suck it or snort it, you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, for all those situations. Um. (laughs) That shit's scary, though. Like, where do you get just like a kilo of fentanyl? I I think it's pretty cheap to get a, a kilo of fentanyl because you only need a little bit to kill somebody, so... That's what I'm saying. Like, I would be, like, like as a drug dealer, I would be, like, um, afraid. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Well, like, I think that, that I, shit's gonna fall back on the club eventually. Yeah, it's gonna come back in the club. Is you gonna get blowback? <laughs> um, do you want to end uh, with this uh, zombie movie that I kind of forced you to watch? Oh yeah, let's talk about that. These guys stuck to the bit. Let's talk about it. Uh, Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. Uh, it's on Tubi. It's a documentary uh, slash reality show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's the story of these uh, two best friends uh, whose dream in life is to make a zombie movie. Uh, so uh, they have their family members and friends like come around and uh, help them. They start like a Kickstarter. Uh, but these guys uh, have Down syndrome. Yeah, they yeah. do. Um, but it was a cute movie. And nothing keeps them down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was um, not a good movie. You didn't like it? It was, it was, you know, they followed through with it. And I think that's the biggest thing with making a movie is just fucking finishing it. Stick with the bit. You got to stick with the bit yeah. to get it done and finish and polish and put it out there. And somebody's going to appreciate it. Yeah. Eventually. Um, and I think they did that. Uh, it's amazing to me that, like, the, how much the Down syndrome community can get done. Yeah. Things that, like, you and I could never accomplish, probably. Is that a challenge? Well, that's not a challenge, actually. I don't want to say never. But, um... I'm going to announce right now that Angel Ace is running for the Interchromosomal Championship of the World. Oh, shit. (laughs) Does that mean you're going to wrestle anybody with Down syndrome? Anybody. Or anybody with any chromosomal abnormality? Anybody with chromosomal abnormalities. Just come to us with your DNA test. Yeah, you got to show it. Which genetic mutation you have. You got to show it. Yeah, this has got to be proof. But what if you get, like, one of those people that have, like, like that Marfan syndrome where they're, like, giants? uh, They're probably pretty easy to take down. Yeah. I just, like, go between their legs. Yeah, you just fucking put a banana peel in the middle of the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool to see these guys get, like, a chance to do that, though. Um, it was. It was cute. And yeah. it was nice to see. But their ideas were, like, insane. They wanted a lot more boobs than they got in there. They wanted to to fuck like every scene. I think <laughs> they were like they had this one scene where they wanted to have a party. Yeah. And they said, "I'm gonna go home with ten percent of the girls here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they kept saying ten percent about like different numbers of things. What was the story of the movie? The uh, they were born. They were born the different father. mothers, same father. One of the mothers was black, even though they're both two two white boys from Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, and then the devil comes <laughs> the devil. to try to steal their power, and then their dad tells. Wait, no, wait. The devil comes, rips their mothers like no, 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 bodies no. up. No, right? no, no. He does that after. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Yeah, he comes in. He tries. He says he wants their power, and then the dad tells him to grow up. And he gets angry, so he uh, creates a vendetta against these babies uh, that, I guess, follows them until their uh, teen years? Well, 20. Yeah. Where 20 they, years later. Where they brought, uh, he comes back and brings, like, a zombie apocalypse with him? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to get these. And they're demons and zombies and then demon zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be one of the three. Yeah. Yeah. And the devil kept peeing on stuff. Yeah. He peed on their mothers after he ripped their bodies <laughs> apart. 
nobody tells me to grow up. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. No, it was pretty good, actually. I think I'm just being crabby because my head hurts. It's worth a watch, anyway. It is worth a watch. I think that... Um, I, I was touched by because at the end, like they were older and I, the the brother. Okay, like they had privilege in this, not only with the extra chromosome, but <laughs> with the um, fact that the guy's brother was a fucking film student. Yeah. So yeah. he was like exploiting his brother because he's like, oh man, I'll, if I could take a picture out of the, you know, if I can get a picture out of this. Yeah. And they did. And then he, like, made the movie and then made the movie into a documentary to kind of explain the process. Yeah, and then at the end, he was, like, interviewing them after, like, the fame from the movie had, like, died down. And he was asking them, like, what, what was the point of the movie? And then he was, like, uh, he got, like, all emotional. And he was, like, you know, I just wanted to, like, hang out with my friends. I just wanted to find a way to hang out with my friends. And then he eventually, like, said that it was about trying to make more time with his brother who was barely there <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah he only wanted him to come down and film because that he was wanted the, to hang out with his brother because that was the only time or his out. brother made that inference within the whole thing to make it about himself because uh, yeah. he was making the documentary that's so, true yeah yeah oh sam is this what this was about this whole time <laughs> no i think it was about paulie d because they got paulie d in they it. got paulie d involved <laughs> that was fucking great yeah but they're like they're the ones that took uh, Jersey Shore too seriously, because they're trying. He called, to... called Polly D his idol. Yeah, he's like, "You're my idol, man." <laughs> and Polly D was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but I mean, it's cool. You know, they did a Kickstarter to get most of the money that they would need, I guess, for the equipment and shit. Um, they did product placement to get uh, to get like, catering and places to use. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a good idea. Yeah. Um, again, another example of what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> Sam and Maddie made a goddamn zombie movie because they dreamt it up. Sorry. It reminded me. Did you ever see Axe Cop? Um. It reminded me of that. Sort of. It was like Axe Cop was like something like a like a little kid made of. Yeah, and, and then brother the brother really drew it. it. Yeah, yeah. And it like made no sense. Yeah. Uh. What was they? What was the first <laughs> argument they had on the set? Where uh, they were like trying to say like in the birth scene, they were like, uh, "We want to have these twins in the in the room," and then they were like, "All right, but how are they? They're like your older siblings." He's like, "No, I'm the oldest one." And they were like, well, how can they be in the room if you're being born in this moment? <laughs> he couldn't understand. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. He just couldn't understand that him being born, like, after his siblings, like, he couldn't be the older one. <laughs> and then the people there that were, like, trying to, like, actually make the movie, they were getting frustrated with him because they were like, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but they made rule number two. Uh, was it? Uh, Sam and Maddie are in charge. Sam and Maddie, yeah, they, they have the ultimate say on, like, what goes down. So that was pretty cool. At least they gave them, like, uh, creative control. They got one of the Fairley brothers to come and do a script supervision one day. <laughs> so Yeah, he asked them if they ever seen There's Something About Mary. <laughs> we all know what happens there. Um, 
No, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm a fan of uh, seeing people like achieve part of their dreams. It's pretty oh, you fun. Was, you got a little choked up there. Who me? Yeah. Because I said that. It sounded like you said part of your dreams. <laughs> so, so, no, I do. I I teared so up proud in the end. Of Sam and I was so proud of them. Um. It was heartwarming. Yeah, it was, and so was this. Uh, maybe we should reveal uh, that this is the end officially of season one. Oh. Of actual comedy presents an actual podcast. Yeah, guys, this is the last podcast of this season. Of we this got, season. Well, we have two little special things coming out for you. Yeah. Uh, in the interim, and we'll be starting up again in a couple of weeks with some new features. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, by the time this comes out next weekend or the weekend or whatever. Uh, we will be hosting an open mic. Ooh. Hey, back into the comedy world. Uh, coming to you on 10-6. What is that, 10-6? No. October. God, don't let me get the wrong date. Don't uh, let me down, down. Oh, fuck. I fucked it. I fucked the whole thing. Don't let me down. Uh, it's... Go to your calendar. I don't know what my name is. <laughs> you went to Facebook. Why did you... Because I put it... I had a Facebook invite. It's okay. It's October fifth. It's the first one, and then we're doing another one on the twenty sixth. Well, okay. So October fifth, first one. Ten five. Ten five. Potentially another one after that if this one goes well. Uh, it's at you want to give. Oh yeah, Barnaby's Aston. Barnaby's Aston, PA. Um, I'm sure uh, you can go to the actual comedy uh, Facebook. Or either one of our Facebook pages or Instagrams, and I'm sure we're going to be like sharing the event details. Uh, but yeah, we're returning to open mic stand-up comedy. Hell uh, yeah! Keep us away. Uh, so it's our bread and butter. That's right. Uh, so we're going to give this a shot. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, Getting doing back this out there before yeah. the world closes down again. Exactly. Um, I'm pretty excited. So ten and, five Barnaby's Austin. Yeah, we want to pack this thing out. So, yeah, so uh, come out. Come out, out. Do some time. Hang out with everybody, say hi. Yeah. And it should be a blast. Super fun. Yeah. Am I on? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to say goodbye to the people out there and yes. officially oh. end season one of season one Actual Comedy now. Presents an Actual Podcast? Yes, it is over now, and we will be actually with season two ASAP. ASAP Rock. No, I didn't do that before. Did I? I think so. I feel like we should re-record this whole thing. Mm, no, I think it was good. No? Yeah. The Dave Matthews thing was pretty good. People in the redemption. No words exchange. No time to exchange. Right. Bye, everybody. See you soon. Peace. really stink. We were just singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little Betty Bice. Have you been Betty Bice? It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus, the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed and its perception of truth blotted out.